This episode of the Cool Ship Podcast is being sponsored by Zigmeister Brewing at 106 Valentine Street in Hackettstown, New Jersey. Grand opening this Saturday, June 11th from noon to 10 p.m. and Sunday, June 12th from noon to 6 p.m. Thereafter, Zigmeister will be open Thursdays from 3 to 9 p.m., Fridays from 3 to 10 p.m., Saturdays from noon to 10 p.m., and Sundays from noon to 6 p.m. Come one, come all to the opening celebration. That's Zigmeister Brewing at 106 Valentine Street in Hackettstown, New Jersey. All right, on with the show. Welcome to the Cool Shift Podcast, dedicated to beer lovers, home brewers, and professionals alike. With your hosts, Warren, the Professor Wilson, and Matt, Zigmeister Ziegler. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to grab a beer and chill on the cool ship. Podcast. I'm here with Matt Ziegler of Zigmeister Brewing Company. Yep, like usual. <laughs> and uh, I'm Warren Wilson with Homebrew University, and uh, we're uh, we're about to get started. We got some great news. Uh, Matt is opening up a brewery in Hackestown, as you are aware. Woo um, And he's been sitting with his thumb up his ass for the last two years, waiting to get brewing, and then his thumb was suddenly clean. I don't know if you saw the picture on Facebook. <laughs> But his thumb was suddenly clean, sitting over a hole full of mash. Um, it looked sexy. I was very happy to be able to extract my thumb from my ass and clean it off and brew beer. You just that was that was the (laughs) inaugural batch of beer, and what and you brewed an an amber. We're gonna get into yeah, yeah, we're gonna get into that in a little bit. Um, I just wanted to make sure that um, we sit here and cheers to that. Everyone, grab Uh your glass. Cheers to Matt. Oops, just cheers. Cheers. Cheers, and then down down the hatch we go, and then mm-hmm. let's, and we'll be back in uh, a couple of minutes. We're taking a break already. <laughs> we need to get drunk, <laughs> We're not taking a break. <laughs> um, so, Matt, why don't you give us a little update? Um, oh I think goodness. that was the equivalent of a head fake in basketball. No, not even close. <laughs> And we're doing, what? It was a more more of a like a QB sneak. It was a, one of those fake handoffs. It was, a, it was a Statue of Liberty play. Yep, exactly. <laughs> no. Um so it's been busy. It's been a busy May. It's obviously the end of May now. It's the 31st today. Um happy Memorial Day to those um who have celebrated Memorial Day all throughout the land and I just want to give thanks to anyone who has served anyone who is serving and those who gave the ultimate sacrifice in serving our country for our freedom. Thank you. God bless. And now moving on to a more less somber um, memorial, um, putting the bed, the empty tanks at your place, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you give us a little rundown of where you're at and when you're opening? Okay. So, yeah, today I just uh, just announced the grand opening for Zigmeister Brewing Company. Uh, woo, yeah, Carl's over there doing a little dance. 
<laughs> Someone's going to be happy. Uh, we uh, we have all of our tanks full up. Um, they would normally fit six full batches, but I wanted to make sure on a couple beers that uh, the recipes worked out fine. I mean, I'm sure they will. But I put four batches into uh, the three tanks. Uh, I have two batches of amber ale fermenting away, and they actually just hit terminal gravity today. So... Uh, those got another day to sit there, and I'll cold crash those, move them over, and carbonate and stick into kegs. Uh, and how, how does the place smell now that it's actually got oh, it's beautiful fermenters going? When on I once. walk in in that morning, I'm like, it smells like a brewery in here. Finally, it's got a little bit of cleaning in the back, a little bit of, like cleaning uh, chemicals in the background, plus that CO2 yeast fart smell, <laughs> and you're just like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm ever like yes walking into a fart smell, but. <laughs> A CO2 brewery smell? Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely there. Loving that yeast fart. Um, so g- give me give me, um, give me, me a rundown. You say terminal gravity. When, yeah. when a 15-barrel uh, batch yep. hits terminal gravity, what does that mean? Because in, in home brewing, you, you know, or even in some big breweries, as, as you talk to some of these brewers, yep. they'll look at their stuff and go, eh, it's not ready yet. So... The amber ale, its original gravity was twelve six. Um, Plato. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Where uh, everything I go off of at the brewery is, is Plato. all Plato. Yeah. Um, Which translates into fifty four. Uh, somewhere near that, yeah. Twelve times twelve point six times four ish. Yeah, I think it's like fifty two four or fifty four somewhere yeah. around there. Um. It's like four point twelve point six Plato is ten fifty three. Ten fifty three. I'm okay. sorry, no. my apologies. Uh, twelve six Plato is between ten fifty and ten fifty one. Twelve six bricks is ten fifty three. Uh, okay. Um, it's fifty point four is what it is. Yeah. So. Uh, when did that one start fermenting? I, I brewed it on. Thursday of last week, and with the second batch on Friday, pitched the yeast on Friday, it started fermenting Saturday, and today's Tuesday, so it just hit terminal. So it, in bigger batches, they, they tend to ferment good and quick. Their the fermentation stages have a, a couple, you know, there, there's a couple stages in fermentation. There's active fermentation and the remainder of fermentation and then conditioning. So my active fermentation just ended today. I hit my terminal gravity. My final, the sugar has been all eaten up. I've got no more left in there right now. The yeast is just kind of, for lack of better terms, eating its excrement. <laughs> all the, all of the uptaking uh, its nutrients. Yeah, all all the little bits and pieces of the, its metabolism that it threw outside of the cell that it normally pulls back in before finishing its metabolism. It's now going through and eating that. There's no sugar left. Um, so it's cleaning the beer up right now, but it's not really producing an excessive amount of CO2. The sugar's all gone. Um, so pretty much now that I've hit my terminal gravity of the sugar level I'm looking for, um, the yeast has one more day to really clean itself up, and then I will drop the temperature down to or from its fermentation temperature of 68 degrees to 32 degrees. That'll take about a day. And then I'll transfer that over to my bright tank. Now you set so when you say terminal gravity for clarification, yep. you set you set a number in your head of where you want to reach. Yeah. 
Uh, it's not like you're going to let it go for another point or two. Um, not that it can't, because um, it doesn't have any sugars. Or, um, but you set that point uh, in brewing. I mean, for the most part, I mean, it has a. The beer itself has a, cur- a certain kind of set point that that will go to, sure. depending on the temperatures I've mashed at, um, depending on the style of yeast I've used. Right. And this one, really right about 2.5 Play-Doh, is what, is, is what it's going to get down to. If I'm sure that if I left it in that fermenter for another month... It might get down to two. I, I mean, I've, in home brewing, it's a different realm. I've yeah. seen I've seen a, a fluctuation drop where I'd like to hit, let's say, two or two and a half, mm-hmm. and then the next day I'm at like two, three, and then yeah. the next day after that I'm like two, um, or a couple days later, even a week. Yeah. A week goes by, and I, I get a half of a point, or even like a third of a point. Um, so I've seen that change, and there are yeasts out there like saison yeast. Yeah. That will just keep chewing away oh, until yeah. they're done, and they uh, will. So <laughs> when you when you say, I uh, just want to make that clarification. When you say terminal gravity, it's something that you set and control yeah. as a brewmaster. Yep. So uh, it's something that I, I've set in in my recipe early on. It's something that I the number that I'm looking to hit. I don't want it to be too dry. I don't want it to be too sweet. That's my number that I'm looking for with the bitterness that I've added for all the hops additions and everything. That's that's my ideal number. Let's say for shits and giggles, and yep. uh, getting a little off track. But I think this is a good, uh, good important note. Let's say you didn't hit two and a half. Let's say okay. you hit three, mm-hmm. and you're not going anywhere else. Yep. What do you do? At that point, I'd have to cold crash it. I mean, I'm not going to let it sit there for too long. Three. I mean, it's not a overall, big difference. No, in the overall in scheme of things, three isn't going to be too bad. The only if, person really that will know is yeah. obviously you. But. Um, That's the difference between ten ten and like ten twelve. And I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put it out there. If it hit five. But that's that's the difference between a GABF award and not, you know. So, <laughs> but if if my terminal gravity came to five and it wasn't right. going any lower than five, and I wanted to be two and a half, five is way too sweet to throw out for that style of beer. Into you would taste it. Yeah, so it what, would taste. So let's warty. let's say that happens. Yep. What do you do in that situation? In that situation, I take it and throw it to a bourbon barrel. <laughs> <laughs> let it age for a while. <laughs> I let it age for a while because a sweeter beer, a sweeter finished beer, usually does better in a bourbon barrel. Well, yeah, and you know. It, Bugs? Are you talking about bugs too? No, no, no just bugs. A regular, it's just just a regular bourbon, clean bourbon that, that barrel. Little bit of wort sweetiness in a beer yep. really does well for the oak flavors and the other bur- and the other either bourbon or rum or other liquor flavors that come through. They tend to marry better in the barrel. And uh, like when I when I decide to do a barrel aged beer, I'll actually design the beer to finish at a higher terminal gravity. So I, that it goes into the barrel at that point. I'm not letting it so, get out of the bag. I yeah. think I have an idea of what one you're going to do, and I'm not going to say it right no. now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice so, and old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought for sure you were going to say, oh, that's when I throw the champagne yeast in. Yeah. But no. No, no, no. Because no. it, it won't do it is what you're saying. is it, For whatever reason. Well, no, champagne yeast will chew away, but it'll go way too far. Yeah, I well, won't be uh, able to choose terminal gravity at that point. It'll, it'll go past two, past one, down to like 0. 0.5. Well, that's when you kill it along the way, right? So, mm. Then you got sorbet. Beer. You got a, you got a yeah. mess on your hands. Yeah, you got you got a mess at that point. You see that bottle with the blue cap on it over there? Can yeah. you pass that to me? Absolutely. Awesome. I'm gonna drink a warm beer, and apparently this was dropped off by a customer. Um, I'm not quite sure how well it is. He said there's a problem with it, so I'd like to try it now since oh. it's the only beer in front of our face. Okay. There's a little bit. Oh, there's a little bit of that in there. I'll take that instead. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Have a blue cap. Take the blue bottle. All right. So now that we got off track, and let's get back on track. So you yep. made your amber. You brewed it the first time. Any any problems with brewing on the first system the first time? 
Come on, I see a smile. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Reveal um, the secret. Okay, so, so just so, like, I wanted to make sure my first batch went off without a hitch. And for the most part, I'm going to say it did, because anything that happened the first batch was overall a good thing and not a bad thing. Um, I tested beforehand with uh, transferring this whole thing. I did a full batch time-wise just with water in terms of uh, mash times, mash mixing, transfers, sparging, all that stuff over to boil, how long it took to boil, uh, the knockout over into a fermenter and all that sort of stuff. So I knew valve movement because my whole system is is completely manual. I wanted to make sure I knew all the valves, how that stuff worked out, and how everything moved forward. Um, so, by the time I got my first batch in, I knew what was going to be going on. And the only thing that I couldn't anticipate, which, of course, ended up being my issue in the batch, was my brew efficiency. So, most of the time, your first batch that goes in, your efficiency is a little bit lower than what you expect it to be. So, I lowered my efficiency... Um, to 82% for the first brew. And it ended up being at 92%. So my 12.6 for the first beer ended up being a 14.5. So knowing that... Well, that's a good problem. Looking have. back through yeah. the whole process, because, you know, I went through, took pHs, took gravity readings throughout the whole thing, knowing that it wasn't a fluke getting 92%. Um for my second batch of amber that I put through, I redesigned the recipe for it so that the bitterness and the amount of grain that I put in, or the, the amount of hops that I put in for bitterness, the amount of grain that I put in would be on the opposite side of that. So that way, when I blended them both together, I hit my 12.6 at my right IBU levels and everything to make the beer that I'm looking for. Right. So I ended up for my second batch brewing, again, hitting a 92% efficiency, a 10.7 Play-Doh beer. So that way, between the two of them coming together, I got my twelve six. Um, so your efficiency, you're you probably got to be very pleased. No, oh, yeah, with this I'm brew really happy with the brew, brew house efficiency. The, the, I mean, you should talk. talk what, where I mean, where's this brew house from? Where'd you get it? And, and it's, it's Crawford Brewing Equipment. They're out of um, on the very edge of uh, Illinois, um, right on the border of Illinois and Iowa. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of. Rock Island uh, is where the area is. Um, they only do 15-barrel brew systems. They're relatively new to the brew house world. Uh, probably the past five years or so, they just started getting into it. But they've been a stainless steel manufacturing company for forever. Uh, I flew out over there, checked out their equipment, checked out other breweries that had their equipment. Um, really good stuff. They make 15-barrel fermenters, 30-barrel fermenters, but only 15-barrel brew houses. And... The nice thing about that is that you don't have to worry about them, you know, having schematics for a bunch of different things and something getting messed up because their only schematic is this 15-barrel brew house. So these people are churning this stuff out. Um, so the brew house manufacturing time was a little bit lower. It was only four months instead of six to eight months or even up to a year that some places were giving me. Uh, I mean, their their brew house is solid. I mean, it's it's a manual brew house. All the valves, you have to f see what's going where, and you know, put hoses between a few things to run stuff between one or the other, or add some copper pipe to jump something around. But in the end, I mean, if you do it all right and you know what you're doing, you, 
you get a 92% efficiency, which is really nice. That, that, yeah, that's crazy. 92%. Yeah. You know, as a home brewer, I'm like, hey, I hit 70%. Yeah. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. And, and the nice thing is, is like that, that's like the top amount you want to go. If you go any further than that, you're extracting tannins at your fish high, too high of an efficiency level, and you get other issues in the brew system. So, like, 92 is like the top that you want to be going to. So I'm really happy that, you know, this, this brew system is doing that for me. And it's a breeze to clean also, which is great. I don't have to climb in and pull the plate. I have to climb in and spray out the mash every time, but I don't have to pull the plates up. I don't have to clean underneath it every time that I go through because of the dish bottom and stuff like that. Um, it's only a once-a-week CIP instead of a daily CIP. <laughs> Very clean nice. in place yes thank you <laughs> uh very nice yeah what are you all looking at me for? i don't know <laughs> because i was expecting another sit, question to come popping out of somebody because you're looking you're sitting there looking like the buddha in a very zen <laughs> oh. position right now you were just staring out into space like um <clears throat> so you, my question to yep. you before we got into the brew house which was a nice little, a little side, little side. Yep. Um, you you adjust your mash for the amber ale mm-hmm. to meet up with the over parameters that you hit on your first one for the second one. Yeah. What happens if you didn't make the ninety two percent for some fluke reason? You hit mm-hmm. ninety two the first time, and the second reason you hit eighty two. Malt extract. <laughs> I mean, at that point, I'm, I don't even know. I mean, I'd have to look at the numbers and see if it would be within my, uh, you know, error bars. First, first yeah. off, I would probably say that you suck as a brewer if that happened. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, but seriously, yeah. I mean, has that ever happened to anybody that you know of? I mean, it's honestly, it's happened to me before when uh, when I worked at Kane. It. I did three or four batches of Head High when I first started over there. I saw the efficiency for it. You know, it's working great. But the problem is, is when you do different gravity beers, your efficiency can change throughout your process. And you have to understand that. Mm -hmm. So I can be hitting a 92% off of my session ales. And then when I go to do a double IPA, my efficiency is 86. Right. Because more malt usually means lower efficiency. The the field difference. Yeah. Yeah. So you just had to expect that. And I wasn't expecting that when working over at Kane. So when I did my head high and then jumped to overhead, I was expecting the same percentage. Luckily, the beer wasn't too much bigger than the other one. So dropping 3% efficiency wasn't going to completely change the beer. It, 3% is yeah. 3%. I'm talking 10%. You know, yeah, so no, that, that's, that, that's, that's a big, a big bit of a yeah. difference. Um, but I, I haven't really seen jumping around like that before on a system other than, you know, if you were making a Belgian blonde one day and a double IPA the other night, or the, a, not double IPA, like a Russian Imperial Stout or something like that, and you weren't changing your efficiencies or, pl- or understanding your system at that point. But how clean is the wort coming through? Very clean. Yeah, uh, I've got a nice grant on the side that allows me to gravity feed into it. It's got two little sonic sensors so that I can set um, I can I can set my valve to a certain point uh, so that it runs off into there, and the sonic sensors run a pump. Um, so once the pump hits the top sensor it'll kick on and when it drops below the lower sensor it shuts off so that way i can as long as i set the pump to a slightly higher speed than my runoff Mm -hmm. i can go and clean kegs clean a tank make sure i've got something else going on and i don't have to worry about the ladder at that point but 
my Vorloff comes through nice and clean when I'm running that off through the Grant, and then when I switch that over, it's constantly clean throughout. I've been hitting three uh, three Play-Doh before uh, at the end of all my mat at the end of all my uh, so my sparges and everything. Tumbling at three Play-Doh, huh? Yeah, it's not bad. It's uh, was that twelve somewhere around twelve, ten? Uh, yeah, like nine, 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 ten. <clears throat> yeah. Nine, ten, somewhere in there. You guys lost me there, and maybe some other folks too. Okay. What oh, do you mean? The, so at the end of your match, when you're sparging or you're or you're sparging and loudering and running off, you don't want your gravity of your runnings to drop below two Play-Doh, because at that ah. point you're going to be you're, just extract. You're, you're, you're extract, the amount extracting of, bad the, things yeah, from the, the grain. The amount of yeah. sugar you're extracting is far less than the amount of bad stuff you're extracting. So. Some places will try to push it to the point where they're running off, and once they hit two, they'll shut everything off, and then they'll just look at whatever volume they have and then adjust their hops. I look at it the other way and say, okay, as long as I'm down close to the two range, if I'm hitting three right now, then that's what I'm just going to keep doing, and uh, don't worry about that last 1% of efficiency. It's funny, all all this uh, said and true and tried methods throughout the years about not wanting to get grain husks in, not wanting to Vorloff or run your sparge down to um, to Play-Doh um, has come into question as of late, especially the, the conversation we had before the show about whether or not you can use different grains to interchange for other things and flavors. There's uh, a lot of people out there in the homebrewing world that ha- will, will contest that you know getting grain husks in your beer won't make a difference mm. getting uh down below two play-doh won't make a difference in your batch and for me i'm one of the old school people that go by what has been done in the past um and i don't like grain husks in my solution no. i don't like getting below two play-doh because i'm a, uh, i don't like steeping grains above 170 but um there's been talk about that, and I assume this all has to do with pH, and uh, especially at our level, our pH can, and when you're batch barge, obviously pH isn't really mm-hmm. that much affected, but pH has everything to do with how well you can mash, and and yeah, and so for us homebrewers, we're in the five <clears throat> two to five five range, and that's where we want to be. Yeah, is it the same for someone at your level, or yep. is it dependent upon what beer that you're you're making? No, t- typically that you're looking at that range. Um, I mean, the only time I'd be, well, no, even even yeah, I, the five two five five is is pretty much the range I'm looking for. For most of my beers, I, I shoot for five four. And do you do anything to treat your water to get you there? Or for the it... first beers that I've had to do, I mean, I have lactic acid on hand. Yeah, uh, just in case for some reason one of the batches doesn't. That's to lower the pH. Right? Yeah, doesn't work. Doesn't do anything. The nice thing about Hackett Sand water is it's harder water. Right. So the only issue I could possibly have is I haven't broken that buffering capacity on the water, so and my pH is too high. So at that point, I add a little bit of lactic acid, right. get to the point where I break the buffering capacity. I hit my five four, and my mash is going to be fine. Yeah. I don't have to worry about going up. I just have to worry about going down. But with the acids through the malt, you've you've yeah, pretty but much the, hit that, right? Yeah, but the acidity in, in all the malt so far, I mean, even on the Kolsch, I was able to hit it. So I don't cool. think I'm going to have a problem. Good. I mean, there's there's uh, there's a lot of minerals in the water, but the buffering capacity can be broken by a Kolsch, I don't think I'm going to have a problem with that. That was one of the questions that I had when I first opened up the store here, too. Like, am I going to have a problem with pH? Hmm. Um, so we did a Ward Labs test, and we found that it's hard, it's hard water. Yeah. And through experimenting and doing over those, those many batches that we have here, I mean... We, 
I mean, how many all grain batches have you done on the system here? Yeah, I mean, I came, I came over to your place so, to test out how, how my we, batches would right. eventually do over yeah. there. I wanted to see if my amber ale would work, if my pale, if my pale ale would work, if the cull should work, if right. the stat would work. Right. And, uh, and in it, some, it worked on your system, so it's same water. Yeah. yeah. In, in some cases, I have treated the water with some gypsum, some mm-hmm. sulfate. To adjust to, to brighten up some hot flavors yeah. and to brighten up some bittering uh, and some malt flavors, but uh, for the most part, the water is the water here, and it's pretty damn good water. Yeah. Um, as long as it's not overly chlorinated, and then you have to watch out for yeah. chloramine. So. Yep. Yeah. I've got the uh, the carbon filter off uh, off the main water system for the brew house, so I can extract all the chlorines in there to give me clean water at that point. Um, Right. But the rest of the water remains the rest of the right, water. Right. Anything awesome. that the town added, I take out. It's just the regular water. So you, you brewed two batches of amber. Mm-hmm. Success. And you were able to adjust the last second amber to meet up with your over yep. overachievement in the first one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's two batches. So nope. just explain explain that. It's two batches because it's 15 barrels a batch, but it's a 30-barrel fermenter. Yeah. Yep. So I did two batches at 15 barrels, put them, them into one fermenter. Together. They got back to, back. Back to my right. you did that back back to to level back. I was at. Yeah. Back to a level I was looking for. The very next day, what did you brew? I brewed a Kolsch, a German-style Kolsch. So you went from amber to really light? Yep. Um, without hesitation? Yep. No problems? Not a problem. Explain um, uh, the, the difference between your amber and your Kolsch in the brew day. Anything Anything exciting? Uh, let's see. Probably the only exciting thing I would have to say was probably through my brewing assistant, Andy, because he got to... <laughs> mill in less malt so he was in the mill room for a little less time which is very nice because we we jokingly call it the second and a half floor um because the mill the I mill floor is on the mezzanine and it's the second floor and then we have this small deck in addition because we had to raise our mill up another two and a half feet above the second floor so we had to build a deck there for that and that was to get the 45 to get to the get, to get the, the, the drop, angle that right? we're looking for the the shoot on the grill on the, yeah, yeah, and it ended up being 30 when we went back to measure this whole thing. We were very lucky that it hit those numbers, and we did tests on on the the the, the crush on the grain through the chute uh, to make sure that it all worked out. But uh, yeah, it, it worked in the, in the long run. But the the big problem is is the fact that your two your head's like two feet below the, the very top of the building. It is the hottest point in the building. <laughs> Andy comes back down. It's going to be the sweating, coldest spot in the building, too. Right? Sweating all the time. Because no, it's going to be hot up there. Oh, right? it's going to be hot in the winter. Yeah, no matter what. He'll love it in the winter, but <laughs> right now it's like the hottest point. <laughs> he comes back down. His shirt's soaked through his sweat. When he had to mill in that IPA, he hated it. But with the cold, she was okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there, w- there wasn't too much of a difference in, in the, the brew process, other than uh, I added a little less hops in for the brew. Uh, but the mash-in was pretty much the same. Um, I, I did again. I did the same amount of water that I would do for the amber ale that I did with the um, the Kolsch, which just made it so that it was a slightly higher, higher percent of water um, mixture to grain, which is nicer for a lighter beer because it means you're sparging with a little less water. Right. Drying it out a little yeah, bit Yeah, so you're not extracting as much tannins through your sparge, right. all that jazz. Um, Question on that. Yeah. Um, for your amber, what was your uh, water to grain ratio? 1.2. Not quite 1.25. No. 1.2 for the amber and 1.55 for the Kolsch. Oh, you went up. Because it was the water level. The levels, same was the, the same. Water, yeah. The waters were the same, but it, the, the ratio. The half, huh? Yeah. Wow. That's up there. Mm-hmm. It's a little that's, thinner, but that's, a, um, that's okay. It, yeah. yeah. There's nothing big deal. I mean, no. I've seen up to two. Yeah. The nice thing about, I mean, 
Yeah, the nice thing about a, a thin mash is the as long as long as it's everything's mixed up in there well, you'll get a good mash going through. And then when you go to sparge, you'll actually get a slightly cleaner beer in the end because you're not sparging with as much water. The just, difficulty is the in a professional system, if your water level is too high above the grain bed, there's a higher chance of a stuck mash. So you did no issues. back-to-back on Kolsch, too? No. We just did a 15-barrel of Kolsch. And then you put the 15-barrel in a 15-barrel bright? Uh, or a fermenter, rather? Oh, uh, no. We put the 15 into a 30. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, you did one batch of... Of an IPA. And that was the following day or the same day? That was... We didn't brew on Sunday, and we brewed on Monday. Okay. So we you took brewed... one day break uh, to clean everything back you up You brewed on again. the holiday? Yep. You did? Yep. Did he get time and a half for that? Mm. <laughs> Yes. Maybe. <laughs> Andy, if you're listening, ask for time and a half. Uh, sorry to put you on the spot there. I Matt. mean, he did a half day. <laughs> I worked 14 hours, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> I got time and a half that day. Yeah, time and a half times zero does yeah. it increase to zero. You zero. Know? I made triple time. Yeah. At zero dollars an hour. You certainly didn't make triple time today. Uh. Is this unintentionally free? No. So what we're drinking is a blueberry uh, pale ale. No, that's what you got in that bottle. Yeah. So um, it's not bad. Um, he's saying there's off flavors. I'm not really detecting off flavors. It might be just that it's not strong enough. You know, I'm getting some medicinal. Blueberry flavoring, but not really much. That's because it's the extract blueberry. It's hard. It's hard to mask that up. So, four batches, uh, one thirty and two fifteen. Yep. Um, the terminal gravity was hit on the amber today. I suspect that the following day would be Kolsch tomorrow. Yeah. And then the following two days after that would be your pale ale, your IPA. Yeah. The I- yeah. That's. Ideally, what it's probably going to be. The IPA is a little bit bigger of a beer, so there's a chance it might be one day past that, but more than likely. You're moving it over, the Ember over tomorrow to two, uh, two 15s? Bright Tanks? No, I mean, we have the 30-barrel Bright Tanks. Oh, you do? Um, okay. But we'll be, if it, with Terminal Gravity today, I'll give it one day, and then I'll cold crash the day after, so two more days. In the so it's, you're going to wait. So tomorrow is? Tomorrow's its day, just sitting at temperature, so I closed it off. It's just kind of conditioning. You wake up. You wake up in the morning. Let's say you go in at six o'clock. You yep. find out that you hit terminal gravity. The the clock doesn't start until tomorrow at six o'clock. Correct. Okay. So it's two days at terminal gravity, and then cooling. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Um. So by Sunday. By Sunday. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I'll be able to go over there and drink. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Technically, cool. you can well, drink straight off the fermenter right now if you want a nice, flat, maybe somewhat yeasty beer. No, nah, it wouldn't be that flat. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's got, got a little carbonation in there. I was yep. I was drinking my test tubes yep, worth sure of samples. Were. I'm sure you were. Um, so now you, you're yeah. done. You're done with the brewing. Now it's just a waiting game for you to, to move the beer over. Mm-hmm. When's your next brew day? Uh, once that once that amber ale fermenter is open. That's and you're going to do another back-to-back um, to fill it at 30? Um... Or is it 
still up for grabs like what you're going to do next. You're probably going to do... No, the ne- next one will be the pale ale. Is it going to be just a pale? Definitely be the pale ale. Okay. So, so, so what are the names of your beers, uh, Matt? Because I think that's interesting. You have four stock beers, and what's which is each one? Yeah, so the Amber Ale is Prospector Amber Ale. Uh, and then the next beer we did was the Kolsch, which is Huntsman Kolsch. Huntsman Kolsch. Um, Don't reverse those. Yeah. <laughs> Don't don't reverse the cuntsman whole shit. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Um, the <laughs> so with I a K. to throw you off track there. Kolsch with a K. <laughs> Kolsch with a K, not Hunchman. Um, well, how do you spell cuntsman? K H U N T S M A N N. Cuntsman. Cuntsman. You're late. Um, <laughs> I've lost track. Okay, so after the amber ale is done in its fermenter, I'm probably going to brew the pale ale, which is my falconer pale ale, and the uh, stout afterwards, which is blacksmith stout. So does falconer pale ale have anything with falconer's flight? It does. Thank you. Yes. Can you explain to us what that means? Uh, what falconer's flight means or what my what, name means? Yeah, <laughs> if it has no. anything to do with falconer's flight. So fal- falconer's flight is a blend of hops. Um from Country Malt Group. They blend the top citrusy, slight fruity flavor hops at one point uh, and kind of sold it at, under the name Falconer Flight, Falconer's Flight. And they also made another one, Falconer's uh, Flight Seven Seas. It was actually, Falconer's Flight was developed by HHC. Was it? Yeah. Yakima Valley Hops. Um, developed by Hop Union LLC in 2010. Uh, by... Um, Northwest Brewing Legend Glenn Hay Falconer. Mm. The proceeds from any purchase that you buy of Falconer's Flight goes and gets contributed to Glenn Hay Falconer's Foundation. Um, so kudos to that. So every time yeah. you buy something, part part of what you purchase goes towards his foundation. Which I'm not quite sure. Um, Glenn Hay Falconer. I'll find out what that is. Yeah, but the um, but his foundation is just. You know, goes right into his pocket. No, he's. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's no longer living. I think it has to do with something that he that um, happened to him. That happened to him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, he was a well-known brewer out west. He worked for um, uh, Glen Hay Foundation Siebel Brewing Scholarship. So it goes to a Siebel Siebel Brewing Scholarship. Our scholarships program encompasses over half the United States geography and scholarships. Drew candidates from throughout the region this year. For the first time, the recipients span the broads of the geographic footprint. Glen Hay Foundation, uh, all those go towards someone who wants to become a brewer. Oh. So there you go. Kudos to you. Even better. Unbeknownst, right? <laughs> yeah, even better. That's good. It's a pretty hefty dry hop, too, so a lot of money goes to it. <laughs> well, it's a mix of very, it's several, uh, several uh, different hops. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there is probably uh, information out there of what Falconer's Flight is. It usually has an alpha acid content between nine and a half and twelve. I don't know what yours was. Yeah, um, it's. I think this one's close to like nine and a half. Yeah, yeah it's, it's lower. On, depends on what year it was. Yeah. Vintage. Uh, the beta acids are between four and five. Yeah. Um, total oils are right around one point six to four point six milliliters per hundred grams. So it's a really good versatile hop used for bittering and for. Um, yeah. So I mean, so all right. So you've got that 
range within something that's premixed by somebody else, Matt. Yep. Can you can you make the same beer year year after year, or is it just it's going to drift a little bit? Kind of, it will drift. Um, but no, the nice thing is much. the the only thing I use this for is dry hopping, so it's all aroma. The rest of the beer is all your more standard style hops. Um, what do I use in the pale ale? It is Cascade, Summit. I think those are the only two hops. I think it's Cascade and Summit in the in the base of the beer. I'll look it up. And uh, Falconer's Flight for the dry hop. I know Summit was a big one for you. Yeah, Summit is like probably three quarters of that of the hop bill on that beer uh, for without the dry hop in there. There's another commercial brewery out there that makes a Summit Pale Ale that's fantastic, and I forget which one it is. But um, to make wings out of it, mm. you use Summit hops and a little bit of their beer. Oh my God, the wings come out really good. Really? So I'm looking forward to your pale ale because yeah. Summit is one of my favorite my favorite hops. Yeah, it comes through really nice. Not a lot of people use it. No, they don't. Not a lot of people know about it. So, you know, they always stick with the Cascade, Centennial, or Amarillo, or Mosaic, mm-hmm. the Mosaic hop fans out there, which isn't bad. They're, to they're me, all good. Summit tends to be the, if you can't find Amarillo, use Summit. You get a little bit more of a garlicky Columbusiness out of it. But you still get those Amarillo flavors. Yeah, no, by I agree using with it that. late in the brew, like I use my Summit, it's it comes through more Amarillo. <clears throat> so I have uh, several renditions of Zigmeister Pale <laughs> in I'm my sure system. You do. <laughs> um, but Columbus Summit Cascade, okay, is, is yeah. one of them. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably the same then. And I think it was probably because no, I think it's probably because I didn't have oh I had Magnum. Cascade, Magnum, Columbus, and Summit in one of them. I think I think it's I think it's Cascade, Columbus, and Summit. I knew yeah. I was pretty sure there was something else. I just couldn't remember Cascade, what it was. Magnum, Chinook, and Summit on this yeah. one. So I, think, I think we were experimenting. Chinook, no, yeah. I don't think so either. And the last couple are Columbus, Summit, and Cascade. Yeah. So and then Falconer's Flight for dry hopping. Mm-hmm. So Falconer's Flight also has a seven C's, um, which are all seven C related hops, all hops starting with C. Um, the man, the myth, the legend, he was uh, something of the the realm. Uh, so if you have a chance, I'm going to go into uh, what he has done. Um, but Falconer's Flight is out there. Take a look. Glenn May Falconer, or Glenn Hay Falconer, sorry. Um, take a look at what he's done and see what he's contributed to. I'm empty, uh, and I need to use the head. Uh, not that you all need to know that, but I am going to <laughs> Thanks go. Thanks for sharing, You're Roy. very welcome. I'm going to go refill, and I'll be back in two. Ooh. Podcast. Uh, today we're sitting with Matt Ziegler, 
um, of Zigmeister Brewing Company because we are interviewing him because we want to make sure that he has told us everything about his beer and about his brewery. Everything. But we, we brought in a special guest today. We, he's here. The special. myth, the man, the legend. The red. The red. <laughs> Welcome, Eric. Kendra, Eric the Reds. Army buckos. <laughs> that was pitiful. I know it was pretty bad. Hi guys, glad to be here. Howdy. Glad to have you here, man. Now glad we have a different perspective of someone mm-hmm. who can really nail you with some questions. Um, you know, he's not so nice when he doesn't want mm-hmm. to be. You no, you won't like him when he's mad. <laughs> when I'm mad, I get like Alex Trebek. You know, really sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry. Like talk down to Suck you. Suck Trebek. <laughs> you got that answer wrong. What is wrong with you? It's Sac de Bleu. Don't you know that answer? <laughs> Everything's French. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don my French accent and I insult people. That's right. Please name a number from one through five, and one being a five. Please say any numbers from one through five, and the number being five. It's uh, four. Celebrity yeah. Jeopardy. Yeah. No. You ever see that? Any number. Yeah, any, any number. number. Any Colors number. Colors that end in purple. <laughs> <laughs> Bing. Mm. Something that rhymes with borage. <laughs> oh, you've said it. You that's a Roman numeral five. Let's see what how much you uh let's see let's see how much you wagered. Suck it, Jebek. <laughs> that's not what your mother said last night. God damn it. I'll take the rapist for two hundred, Alex. <laughs> the rapist. No, I think I think it I think it was uh it was this is the sound a kitty makes. Ding, 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 ding. What is moo? <laughs> That's not as ki- That's kitty right. says meow. That's not what your mother said last night. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty pitiful. Anyway, so welcome back to the show. On that note, we're drinking right now. We just poured ourselves some Guinness Nitro Flat IPA. Warren's favorite yes, it Nitro is. IPA. So anyway, it is my favorite Nitro IPA. Why do you say it's flat? Um, yeah, because it's explain. Nitro. Nitrogen escapes liquid very rapidly, and by the time you get that creamy head that everyone loves, the beer becomes flat. I, mean, I don't know if you're ever drinking... It's like drinking IPA wort as it comes off of the kettle. One might argue that it's incredibly smooth. Yeah, I can argue that a baby's ass Being is it, incredibly <laughs> smooth, given too. Flat but sensation. it still takes a shit every once in a while. And this is... Uh, you say it what... when you drink a baby's ass... <laughs> No, 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 We're not talking now about that chicken silly again. Silly time on the show. But here, here's yeah, the thing. Punchy. Here's the thing. <laughs> I think this is a well-crafted IPA, and it could be really good. Um, they use Admiral, Celia, Topaz, Challenger, and Cascade, all of which are really, really good hops. And it's got a very hoppy forward flavor, but it just leaves a flat mouthfeel. It's like lifeless in my mouth. That's what she said. It's like a dead fish. <laughs> Listen, I left that one right alone. You teed it up. I could have hit it right the back out of the park. Like, uh, hey, when I tee it up, man, you guys got to hit it out of the fucking park. <laughs> Life of this in your mouth like something else you know. <laughs> My tongue? Uh, I don't know. Morris says he likes it short and fat today. No. No, those are the corks. Oh. <laughs> Corks that need soaking. No, I'll be like I'll be like Donald Trump. No, that's not what I meant. I didn't mean. Of course, I would never didn't say mean anything kill like everybody. that. <laughs> I wouldn't mean that. That's what you want me to say, right? Yeah. That's what you want to hear, right? I'm the no, best I would never. I didn't mean that she was bleeding because she was on <laughs> on period. 
She's but just I a bleeding she could have been bleeding from her ear or something. Obviously. What are you looking up? Get off get off YouTube. I'm not on YouTube. What are you on? YouTube. You're on YouTube. <laughs> oh, Don't no. you lie to me. It's not YouTube. It's tube. It's red tube. Oh, it's red no. tube. <laughs> what are you what doing? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You have, if you're going to play that, you have to play it so everyone can hear. I can't play it any louder. Um, if you're going to play that, you have to play it for everybody. <laughs> it's not <Yeah>. fair. <clears throat> Carl hates it when I do this. <laughs> yes, I'm getting there. Shuck on it, Trebek. Shuck it long Thank you. Thank you, Warren. You're welcome. All right. All right, so get let's back get back to, to it. All right, Nitro so this IPA. brought to you by YouTube. <laughs> so here here we go. Oops, I got to oh. stop that Nitro, shit. Uh, oh, here we go. Celebrity Jeopardy. Oh, anyway, so anyway, get off the Nitro. Let's get back on track here on Matt. Um, get back on We Matt. talked about the brewing aspect of brewing. Let's get, get back on Matt. Pile on um, Matt. Hey, what do you call a guy with no arms and no legs sitting at the front doorstep? Bob. Matt. <laughs> Bob is the guy that's in the ocean. Oh, no arms or legs. It's his cousin. Oh, okay. What do you call a guy lying in a little grassy knoll in the field? Phil. No arms and no legs. Oh. Warren. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you can't make this stuff up. Anyway, oh so we talk- I think you just did. <laughs> so we, we, uh, we, we've talked about the brewing aspect. But there is a, a, a white elephant in the room when you open up a brewery that no one knows. Where's he at? Dude, he was on your back for like a year and a half. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Administrative costs and administration. In the brewery, it's everything. So when you think about becoming a brewer as a home brewer, and your beer is the best and you want to become a brewer, you're missing almost 90% of what else is out there. And until you can experience that, it's kind of hard to explain. Yeah. But let's try to explain that today. Okay. So with that, what kind of pitfalls have you came have you come by over this last two years of waiting for your <laughs> brewery to open up? Okay. How many people have their hands in your pocket? Yeah. Okay. Well, the nice thing I got to say going into this whole bit was the fact that I was a professional brewer beforehand. Right. So I knew what it was like to work in a brewery and what it's not just home brewing it's not oh you know i'm gonna put a batch in today and while it's brewing i can kick my feet up and brew a batch every second of every minute that you find yourself not working on your brew system you're cleaning at least that's the way it was when i was a brewer now Every millisecond when you find yourself not cleaning, you also have to be answering your phone for a person calling about, you know, when are you going to be opening? Or answering your phone to the banks. Or answering your phone to, you know, the state. Yeah, the state, the town. Or responding to an email for this. Or filling out paperwork for something else. Or, you know, double-checking that you've... uh, 
See, it's true. The, the per- put, in, put in the permit. Yeah, I'm sure that's another email that's like, hey, you didn't fill this thing out. Mm. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> but, so, so I was at your brewery for about, what, an hour? Maybe yeah. something like that when you were brewing. And in that time, two different people showed up to annoy you in the middle of brewing. And I was just yes. like, I, I was thinking, get the fuck away. <laughs> no. I was like, go away, everybody. I, I don't care if you're asking if he's yeah. opening. So I don't care if you're prospective customers. Go away. So wait, right. learn, learn my pain. Learn my pain. Mm-hmm. I'm here with customers. Yeah. And I have to talk to customers all the time. They're asking me advice all the time. And I love it. I love talking about beer. But they'll spend anywhere up 15 to 45 minutes sitting here talking to me. In the meantime, I have 10 or 15 other customers coming in. So on Saturday, and this is is the benefit of me being here before Matt. On Saturday, everyone that came in and asked me, how's Matt doing? I'm like, I don't know. You should go over there and see him. I know he's over there brewing right now. You bastard! That's why there were so many freaking people coming by. Oh my god! I would have killed. I would have put up the sign. Everybody, go away. Go to Humber University. No, no, I'm serious. Like, so I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he won't mind. He'll give you the tour. Just go over there. He's brewing. He's not doing anything else. So I jokingly say because my dad retired now. What is it? About two months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, to be my operations manager. And although he's done a boatload of work, I jokingly say that pretty much all he's done since he's retired is give people tours at the brewery so that I can actually get work done. And I think at least every day he gives he a tour to three people. He runs good Oh, yeah. But it's like of everything else he's got to do, he still gives tours at, to at least three people every day. Like, oh, someone's walking through and talking to me. He'll walk out and be like, oh, hey, how's it going? Let me show you this over here so that I can get shit done. Right. And Well, you've been here when people come in. Oh, yeah. I'm like, Matt, can you take care of this person? And Matt, can you take care of this person? Yeah. Or or Because you got to be writing up a recipe. You know this. you got to be writing up a recipe. you got to be brewing something. you got to be helping a person out. You, you can't Measuring sit there and chat with somebody. No, you can't. No. So I have to, you have to juggle and... That and I'm sure these it, people understand that it's like, hey, you know, you can't be chatting all the time, but you feel obligated to have to talk with them because no. otherwise they're just standing there and you're like. They do. They they appreciate yeah. everything that you do and they appreciate everything that you talk to them about. Hmm. And they appreciate, I mean, the people, God God bless them all because yeah. if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be in business. They, they're great and I love them and I love talking about beer with them. Oh, absolutely. Um, but they're I'll com- be talking my head off when I finally have the brewery open and I'm giving right. tours. I'm sure each yep. tour will be an yep. hour, ten minutes, and I ought to give a tour every. You hour. wake up in the middle of the night going, <laughs> "Yeah, and that over there is my bright tank." Oh shit! It's one thirty in the morning and I'm sleeping. <laughs> I just slap you know, yeah. whoever in the face. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, and, I don't remember uh, that name. So okay. <laughs> we try to we try to, we try to sell, celebrate. Don't tell her. We try, we try to celebrate the diversity. Don't tell her, and, I don't know her name. So wait, and that's something that, that's new. Wait, wait. What? You're married to Megan. Yeah. Matt. Matt's going out with Megan. Different one. Don't worry about. Sure? <laughs> yeah. Maybe the same one. Maybe the same You're one. Megan and my Megan, Megan have never been in the same room at the same time, have they? Uh oh. I don't I have pictures. I have, a, I have a friend named Megan. Oh shit. Eric, do you? I knew a girl named Megan. That <laughs> Maybe they're I the same person. <laughs> Mind blown. Definitely. Twice in one episode. <laughs> so we all have Megan history. So we, we basically share history of Megan. Yeah. Okay. We're connected somehow. Somehow, yeah. They're probably all spelled differently because there's a thousand ways to spell Megan apparently. So but. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're here 
um, Eric, because I want to ask you a question regarding sort of like related to what Matt is doing. You're interested as well in doing something big. Absolutely. Um, and you're interested in doing something as um, a little side slip in. As, as well, far it's going to be a, it's less not going to be a, a, yeah, it's not going to be a, a whole brewery, you know, no, combined. it's, 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 it's contract. I want to work, right? Right. I want to start out small, small contract brewing situ- situation and then see what sells. And right. if it sells, then I can expand. Right. And I can't, um, you know, go so huge and not have anything sell. So I got to. I gotta and, have it made, and I gotta have it sold, and get purchase orders. That, that's not that's not not to cut you off, but that's not a new, a new venture for people. That's been around for a very long time, and there 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 have been very successful, bad brewers out there. Stillwater, I think, out of Baltimore. That, that guy is um, place. Right. But my goal is to sell beer. Right. I sell really good beer. Right. And I have really good beer. Right. That's my goal. Like just have people. Try this beer, right. you know. I think the first three are free. <laughs> Zips or bottles? Bottles. No, see, I, I think anyway, that's the goal. No, it's delicious. You know, when you, when you, you you've had my I beer. Do. No, I've had it, and it's it's delicious. And um, I've had really good beer. I've been lucky to be surrounded by good brewers around the area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping me and Matt can work together and right. uh, yeah, get get things. Uh, you know. Yeah, we've been talking. Helping out, yeah, yeah, exactly. So hopefully we'll be able to uh, work work out a, a small little thing going on that would help me, help Matt, and kind of one hand helps the other. And um, This this thing you know. in, in the brewing world, we have now, this will be the third, actually the fourth, but the third brewery, mass production brewery mm-hmm. in the area. Yeah, production. Um, with the homebrew shop being mine. Here in three years, we have now sort of a small little time mecca in New Jersey where yeah. in one square mile of everybody you get to go to three different breweries in in my place as well um which is pretty fascinating to think who, who would have thought 5 years ago that Hackettstown would have been on a map for beer people um, walk into my place all the time and they go I never would have imagined this would have come into Hackettstown right it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the same thing here. Everyone's asking, why Hackettstown? Hackettstown <laughs> question such, I get all the time. Yeah, why, why do you want to be in Hackettstown? Why is Hackettstown the... And you know what? I live and here. half part of the state. Quite right. frankly, it was, an under, it was an overlooked part of the state for yeah. a long time. It still is overlooked. Yeah. It's, well, and, well. you know, rightfully so, because I don't want there to be, like, dialed in. Hackettstown's a great, you know, small town USA, Main Street USA. Yeah. And uh, it kind of fell off a little bit because we got some big box stores coming into the area. Certainly coming back on the map. But we are coming back on the map, which is nice. But the reason that you can support three breweries in this town is because the suburbs, they kind of grew in the farmland around here, right? Absolutely. And you know what? Hopefully we'll see some uh, expansion in growth of of hops and some maybe maybe even winter wheat. Yep. I mean, we have, we already have some starts of that and... Um, we were uh, this region. Well, New York State was the capital of the world for growing hops at one point. Um, so hopefully, we can bring some of that back. And with the expansion of breweries in this country up to forty four hundred, over forty four hundred, uh, it's pretty fascinating to be yeah. a part of. Um, so can I put a plug in for my beer? Sure, when it does absolutely. Plug it in there, bro. Plug it in there. <laughs> it's going to be primary. Is the flagship Honey Red, Eric the Red's flagship Honey Red. 
which is like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, but not quite as hoppy, a little more red, and more creamy. Okay. So that's the Now, when you say I honey give. red, are you talking honey malt, or are you talking honey? Honey malt, actually. I've done okay. it with honey for a lot of years, and it didn't give me what I can get out of honey malt. Okay. The honey malt is uh, probably 2%, 1% of the grist. It's small enough, but yeah. still, it's... It's right in there, and it does exactly what it needs It still contributes what you're yeah. looking yeah. yeah, that's part of it. And, and it just has uh, a good rounded flavor, though, that I don't know. I think it goes great. I, love, a lot of I love honey malt. Yeah, yeah, it goes with so many different uh, foods and, and a lot of different characteristics that um, seem to blend nicely. So that's the... That's the first beer. And so, then, so that's the name of the beer. What's the name of the brewery? Or, or did I miss it? It's in the name itself. It would be Eric the Reds. It would be Eric the Reds. That's the name of the company. As opposed to Angry Eric. As opposed to Angry Eric. Quite right. the difference. <laughs> so Eric the Reds, and it's the flagship Honey Red, and then it's also the, uh, the Porter, the Honey Porter, again with the Honey Malt. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a tried and true recipes. Well, right. <clears throat> I've been doing this for over 20 years now, and uh, I well, this, think yeah, the this rendition f- of the the batches that you have done are well into the 100-point mark. I mean, you, you've you uh, <clears throat> every time I've tried this recipe, again, I would hone it and hone it down over 20 years <clears throat> working on it. I brew other batches, of course, all the while, but this one recipe... Repeatability is... Uh, was like the target mm-hmm. was just... The target hitting it in the center would be... Right. A good drinking beer. Right. No, it definitely have is one a... beer or have six beers, and you're not going to get plowed. It's not going to kill you with hops. It's going to be a good drink of beer. It goes great with food, mm-hmm. and uh, and you'll come back for more. If you had a a place that you knew about out in the out back somewhere, you'd be like, I'm going to that place because that beer is there. Yeah, you know, I've done that. Where like, you're like, I'll go to this little bar around the corner in the country or whatever. They got this one beer on tap, you know, and then goes from there. Yep, I so. think that's goal for almost everybody. I mean, Matt's absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> Matt's Amber is up there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm running for twenty years. I've only been running for I six. Know. That's right. But uh, I mean, that's that's my that's thing. Your that's, that's, too, that's right? That's the of... first beer I made. That's the one beer that I make all the time. It's right. the one beer that right. I always want. When I brew it, I want to hit that dead center. I, I'm, exactly. I'm tweaking it every time to see does it get better or worse from what it was before to see if I can play around with that a little bit. It's it's my most varied recipe through everything I've made, and by far it's it's my favorite. Yeah. And that's you know, when we talk about the administrative part of the brewing, that's that's a downer. Uh, it's it's part of a business. It's what you do when you open a business. It's not like you're going to be a millionaire doing what you love. You have a lot of administrative things. You, sure, you're your own boss, but you're beholden to millions of yeah. other bosses out there regulating what you want or oh, what yeah. you have to do. Um, and you know, it's, it's a little different ball game. Um, but it's what brings us to the table every day that makes us want to come back for more and brewing, uh, does that for me. It does it for you. It does it for Eric. Um, it's just one of the loves that we have in our lives. And it's, it's funny people that I, I specialize in a lot of new startup mm-hmm. brewers in the home brewing industry. And everyone that comes in here, you could see. What is it? The what, what do you think is the common attraction? Uh, I don't know. I think it's creativity, the fact that you could put out something that's delicious and good, and it doesn't have to come from a big box store or in a can. It's something that you made, 
Um, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. It's either the I alcohol bite that happens, but everyone who loves to brew gets bit extremely hard. You know what? It, and they know, end up doing things like you want to do, like open up a oh, yeah. contract brewery. I have and a whole, you want to do where you open up yeah. a big fifteen barrel system. You know, and, and uh, what you know, I want to do, open I've up. Told a you store. my whole marketing plan. No, and absolutely. Over the years, I've developed. That's it. what I mean. So it, ready to go. It bites you pretty damn hard. It does. And next thing you know, you have a basement dedicated for all your brewing equipment. But you um, know what else? And you're just be sure that you know you're anybody out there listening right now just be sure you're ready look, do your homework go do look through this homework. stuff there is there's a lot more than what everything whatever you're thinking there's a ton more yep that and needs to get done do your homework and you know something is to be said about experience when you experience something you know when you read about it sure you can read about it till you're blue in the face but once you experience it you're not going to know the reality of it it's and like grandma being a, the best cook in the world, and right. you even get the recipe, but it's not like grandma's. Right. And she, cause she's, she knows all she knows. the little right. points about it and what. And then even even when you sit there and you, and you tell yourself, you know, I've looked up everything, I've you know, I got this. There's still something that's going to come out of nowhere. Yep, and it's going to throw you. For everything a that when I talk to all these other breweries and I talk to you know everyone else who's got some place open, and they said, you know what, what do I need like? What are the things that held you back from opening up earlier? And I looked through all that stuff. I sat there. I, I, I really paid attention and made sure all that stuff, you know what, I got this. I got this. And it was something else. And it ended up being a boiler condenser. It no. Ended, it ended it, up being real estate. It ended up being real estate. It ended up being right. – right. at Sorry, first for, it was yeah. real estate, and then it was my um, – my general contractor ended up selling his business, and then the people that I talked with on this other thing ended up one guy leaving and another person coming through. And when they say and then you can't write the very shit, last thing was the condensate return for my boiler. It, when you when you when they say you can't write the shit, you can't write no. the shit. You cannot. One person's, it's different for everybody. It right. will be, and no matter how much you plan it, something's going to change. You have to be able to be flexible. You have to be able to. I mean, there, there's a lot more. It's beyond brewing. It's beyond planning. It's so you have yeah. a budget you work with a budget and next thing you know your budget has <laughs> gone down to nothing yeah. and before you're like, you know you've blown your budget you're, you're scrambling to do what you need to do so you open up like for me I had yeah. to open up the store before I had brewing on premises yeah. and then I'm like you know what I'll just sell ingredients I'll sell equipment I'll make sure that I do well I'll sell what I can sell in order to sustain me through until I get a license it took me nine months yeah. to get a license yeah. And it wasn't the state wasn't hard because I did my diligence on that. I did all kinds of reading up on how to do the state stuff and getting my license for brewing. And it's very similar to what you had to do. I just didn't have to go through the national TTB to get anything else. Yeah. Um, but I had to go through this whole thing. And then next thing I know, I'm, I'm battling with the town because oh, this, is, Thanks, man. this is a first in the town, in the history of town. I've, there's never been a yeah. homebrew supply facility no. ever. Yeah, they don't know what that is. They don't know what brewing on premises is. So I had to fix. What is it that you do here? Yeah, you need an ancillary yeah. system What's on this? your, and you need a hood. What's you that sell bottom? cherry wheat beer. You know, coffee. You, you sell need coffee? a liquor license. You need a liquor license. <laughs> you need an ABC, uh, a full fledged liquor license. No, you need you need an ancillary system because you have burners. No, I'm no. I'm boiling wort. I don't have any grease. You need grease traps. No. no. And see, there you go no. again. There's another issue you ran into. Right? Grease well, traps. Grease traps. Right? So there's there's a bunch of shit that you don't know about that you have to be prepared for, and you can't prepare for it because there's nothing out there to prepare you for it. So 
One of the things I was going to say that attracts me to brewing. <laughs> Please share. Please. <laughs> is, sweaty, sweaty balls. Is uh, the mystique. <laughs> mystique. The mystique of it. Yeah, she's you, a hottie. Oh, not the... Mystique. Not the... That's Monique. <laughs> no, that's just <laughs> Monique. No, mystique is hot. Yeah. She doesn't wear any clothes and she's no. hot. And she mystique? Like, yeah, the blue. Oh, X-Men. Yeah. That's my third grade teacher. <laughs> she's blue? <laughs> Well, I think she's dead. <laughs> she had huge <laughs> tracks of land. Huge tracks. <laughs> huge tracks of land. <laughs> what the curtains? Anyway. Um, yeah. No, you know, like you were saying, we were talking before about what attracted us to brewing and what people love to do, why they love to do it. And um, so I had to get my answer in because I was like holding it back while you guys were <laughs> You're like, ah, I got to say it. No, the mystique of it, the magic. The, you know, you you make something and it turns into something else that is this, you know, yeah. uh, glorified, refreshing treat beverage that has been made since the Egyptians that you made in your house. You made this concoction that is now changed and morphed into uh, this drinkable thing. You yeah. know, thanks to the yeast and thanks to everything that you've done, and and it's all your work pays off and. It's truly one of those things where you could really share it with your friends. Like you could, yeah. hey man, I worked my ass off on this. It's not look my model airplane, man. No, Isn't get, that cool? I get asked this question all the time, mm. and I never know how to answer it. It's just, you know, people say, "Oh, you get bit by the bug, and that's it." But it's like, what? What? What drew me to graduate college, get into home brewing, and eight months later go back to brew school and become a professional brewer? It's like. I don't know. I was good at it. It's like that. That just sounds stupid, you know. It's, but when when I think about it, it's like. But it's more than that. You're it, good it is, at it, it is because foul, why? It's so much more than that. But I can't. I can't. I can't put it into words. But I think it's but probably kind, like kind of, asking yeah. a classical musician, why Why did you pick up the guitar and love it so much? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, because because it's it, awesome in my hands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Possibly. I don't know if uh, classical musical societies that are as big as homebrewers. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I was making that you point. My, my point being, why did, around you, why did you want big, to get big, why did you want Well, to, I'm saying, like, the, the, everyone that's in homebrewing, in the homebrewing society, yeah. like, the, the, the million-plus people that are in right. this, yeah. I think, from my experience, anyway, have the same kind of feeling with homebrewing. So I don't know if it's as big as, like, for you, yeah. classical music could be different than for me. Well, no, no. I but homebrewing for you is the same exact no, thing. No, no, no. I guess no, 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 no. I guess my point is, you know, why? Why is it that I pick up the guitar and I say oh, I want to learn how to play the guitar, and then after failing at it three, four times, I yeah. put it down, and another guy after failing at it three, four times becomes Eddie Van Halen because he just like, you know what? I this I just have this strange passion for this thing. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I just do. Yeah. Right, and I think that's the point. It's like, Matt's like, why did, I, why yeah. did I, why did, why was it beer that I loved so much? Why was it the act of brewing? Because there's plenty of people that love beer that have no desire to brew it, right? And so, Matt also loves yeah. Van Halen. I do. I do. <laughs> so it's a win-win. And, and there's and there's plenty of people that appreciate music that don't necessarily want to, uh, you know, don't necessarily need to play it to appreciate it, right? Yeah. So same oh, absolutely. Some people want to play. Right. And people that right. can't play sometimes are so passionate about it. Yeah. I think you we know. need to take a break yeah. here. Yes, we do. Quick break, pizza came. <laughs> pizza came, we're going to eat now.
Cheers. All right, so welcome back to the cool ship. We have a porter maker going on here in our glasses. So There's a little bit of a maker's mark in Zvayich Porter. Zvayich. 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 Sure. Z Y W I E C. Yep, it's a sh at the Zvayich. end. Zvayich. I'd like someone from Poland to please call. That's us where up. my father's. Uh, my, that's where I got it from. Someone Polish. who lives two houses down the street from me. Her name is. And he'd say Zvayich. He would say no. it with a with a V instead of a W. Zvayich. And he'd probably say with a with a H or like that K H sound at the end. So it'd be Zvayich. So anyway, getting back. Um, <clears throat> well, here. So we have this 1881 Porter. We have hundreds of listeners on Glass Onion Radio in Europe. Hundreds. Hundreds. Oh. In they Europe. will all call in and tell us how to say this. Please. Okay. Call in and tell us. I don't know. Or just email. Because I don't know if we have a phone number. They, yeah, but how can <laughs> they tell us on the email? They'd have to but send You can call our email. <laughs> Anyway, it's uh, coolshippodcast at gmail.com. Phonetically spell it out. It's about like a half All a right, shot. Be half quiet. a shot of Maker's Mark. Be quiet, listen. Dipped in. Zivitz. 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 Not Zivik. Zivitz. Let me play it again. Zivitz. Zivitz. Are you at polishtranslate.com? Yep. See, I was Bullshit. Wrong. I'm at how to pronounce Zivitz. <laughs> Okay. Zivik. Gotta love technology. So we don't need anybody to so call So it's in. about a uh, twelve-ounce glass of porter of that porter, topped six, off with six a ounce splash glass. of Maker's Mark whiskey. It's a four-ounce glass with about a half ounce of Major, Maker's Mark whiskey. No, I got half more. ounce a, glass with a four, four ounces of Maker's Mark. <laughs> it's a four-ounce glass. <laughs> It's not a four ounce. It's one. a four ounce glass. That's a four ounce. It's a four ounce okay. glass. Yes, it's a four ounce glass. It's the four ounce glass. Thank you. With <laughs> about a quarter of an ounce of whiskey in it, so it's like three and a three quarter ounce glass with a quarter ounce of whiskey in it. I'm You're talking about if people me. are gonna make this at home out of a full glass of porter. Oh well, then that's the stuff that we're drinking here. Then no. Okay. So got, why would someone make a taster at home? Just because we're drinking tasters here, why would they make a taster at home? They got a full, they got a full bottle. They're not gonna make four of them for themselves. The bottle is one pint. Yeah. Point nine plus point nine fluid ounces, so sixteen. Oh, it's a five hundred mil. Yeah. Five hundred mil. So five hundred milliliters <laughs> of porter with fifty millimeters. Fifty milliliters. There you go. Not mm -hmm. millimeters. We're not measuring this with a ruler. It's, it's about fifty millimeters long. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's about bad. as long as my penis. That's too bad. Did I say that out loud? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you dub that and erase that for me, please? We'll dub it to Polish. <laughs> is that a long one? Is that 50, is that fifty milliliter? Fifty like, millimeters? Is that long? That's actually uh, pretty. Uh, less than two inches. Oh yeah, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're hard. <laughs> no, that's only you. <laughs> that's when I take Viagra. Yeah. Anyway, you, you said you had to take Viagra to pee in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that no, was just, Viagra. It was just to keep it out of his sneaker. <laughs> Slipper. Holy God, this is all overwhelmed with. Whoa. It's Vyach. It's all overwhelmed with whiskey. Zivich. I can't understand why. Okay. 
Tastes like Maker's Mark. All right. Where were we at? So, getting back, right? Um, getting back. A little, a little retro. Glenn. Hey, Falconer. Yep. He brewed with John Mayer. Do you know who John Mayer is? So uh, he's not the singer. No, he's not a artist. singer. I was going to say, didn't he sing music? Uh, try Rogue Ales. Oh, that guy. The head brewmaster of Rogue? Yeah. He brewed side by side with him in 1990s. Um, unfortunately, Glenn... Uh, <clears throat> who is Glenn? Passed away too, uh, too soon. Falconer's flight, Glenn. You there missed was a whole oh. discussion before oh. you showed up about Falconer's flight. Yeah, okay. the hop mix. Okay. So, just a little tidbit. Okay. Um, getting back. This stuff is just overwhelming, dude. I don't know how you expect me to drink this. What's a porter with a small little cup, right? The shot of... It wasn't Clint a shot. Mark. It's a tiny little cup. Tastes like a whole shot. Yeah, the producer's like, holy God. Yeah, I think Eric's trying to get me drunk. I think the producer just fell asleep. No, I'm not trying to get you drunk. <laughs> How are you going to do that? I got to drive home yet. You car here? Yeah. I'm good. Um, <laughs> Edit that out, too. <laughs> yes. Ready? It's a good thing you're Ready? waiting till four Ready? in the morning. Ready? Here we go. Ready? Cut. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't really do it, though. You got to yeah. cut it. You know, seriously. Um, so, cut. To wrap things up, Matt, yeah. tell us something that you would like to have known before you opened up a brewery. <laughs> I would have really liked to know my landlord. <laughs> but because of the main, the, re, the real estate issues that I had in the beginning, I mean, that held me up for a year. Um, but beyond that, uh, construction, honestly. The whole building out of the, of the brewery, um, was well above and beyond what I thought it was going to be. I mean, I knew what I had, what I was going to be building. I knew uh, what I had to put into this, but it was, oh, okay. This is the estimate you're getting from this person, and all of a sudden, before it's done, it's 1.5 times that amount because of unforeseen circumstances. This didn't work out it had to be changed over to this or halfway down you're like you know what i realize now with these other three people working over here it just makes more sense to change that over to a different position and now the construction has to change completely over to it or your contractors change in the middle because someone's not finishing something up or your general contractor changes or there has to be changes in your architectural plans because of a random zoning law that wasn't foreseen earlier it, I had a conversation with yeah. somebody about that. It's when things get out of your control mm. and in other people's timelines, yeah. it changes things. It's a, Me and my dad say it all totally. the time. It's a bunch of hurry up and wait. Mm -hmm. when, it's in your, when it's in your court, when the ball's in your court, it's done within 24 hours. Right. And then all of a sudden it's three weeks waiting on somebody else. Yep. Yep. We'll dilute it a little. A little <laughs> bit more zhvech. Yeah, like... <laughs> Well, Matt, I actually think that that's interesting because, you know, you, you're you more handy. You and your, your family are more yeah. handy than your average bear, right? And I saw the amount of, you know, construction, making tables, uh, you know, making uh, decorations for yeah. the place. And 
constructing walls and constructing this is better, you know to planters and all kinds of crazy things that you guys did and, and a million things that I don't even know that you did right yeah. your family was not afraid to you know do demolition and yeah. to uh, to to peel you know to do peeling paint off the wall or whatever stripping yeah. paint off the walls which is a miserable job right Mm -hmm. and even despite all of that you know it was 1.5 times more than you expected yeah no i mean what 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 killed me overall i mean damn it warren (laughs) there's um there's a lot more that i probably could have done but the i mean i hate to say it's it there's requirements from the state and the town that you have to have a certified electrician. You have to have a certified plumber do certain things. If you show me how to solder pipe, if you show me how to you know glue pipe together, if you show me how to do electri- electrical work, within two, three days, I'll be able to generally do it. There are certain things I would still hire an electrician to do. So if yeah. I show you how to lay pipe, you'll be fine? Yeah, man. Show me how to lay some pipe. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, are you asking? But you, Is that a proposition? You come over <laughs> and you, sh- you know... I'll learn it relatively quickly, and then over the course of whatever, you know, I'll get it done. But there are some things, you know, you got to have a plumber in there doing it. And, and what, what killed me was, for the most part, they were on time. They were doing their stuff. It, it was done quick because they know what the hell they're doing. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? We have this other job that has to go on. It's like, dude, I'm paying you fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 to be over here and doing this shit. What other job is more important than this right now? <laughs> like, oh, someone's boiler blew up. Or the hundred and fifty thousand know, dollar job is the No, important. no, it's like this little tiny thing <clears throat> that has it, to go on because I know I still have your <clears throat> job in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't matter. They signed a contract yeah. with you. Their livelihood is everywhere. So yeah. if they blow off somebody else for you, that somebody else is no longer their customer. Yeah. But I'm still their customer. Yeah. Oh, my boiler blew, my boiler's leaking, this electrical so, isn't working or whatever. My my coal box is so, down because yep. of whatever. They're going to go over and do that because they're still going to come back and do my work later on. Yep. So yep. I'm down for two weeks waiting for them to right. come back. Exactly. And that's my issue. That's unfortunate. That's how it works. Yeah. That's how it works with contractors. I know. And um, unfortunately, uh, fortunately for them, that's what they have to do. Yeah. That's their livelihood. That's I mean, how I understand work. that. I mean, right. everybody has their way of looking at it, but it's like, obviously to me, the brewery is the most important. Right, and when I feel bad having to yell at these people to get stuff moving forward. When it's an and other, that's where the general contractor comes into play, and you got to be able to pick the right one to push this stuff. Even forward. the general contractor doesn't have that much power. I know. It's just no, a, I know. It's going to be someone who has another job to do something else yeah. somewhere else, and they have to. They yeah. have to go to the other job. And the construction for me, I have to say, was probably the my weakest point on everything. Right. It's my understanding of the construction overall process mm-hmm. was my weakest point going into there are this. some things that you can do by yourself yeah but there are some things I, mean, that I you built out my do. tasting room I, like you know carl right. said i built out the tables i built the tasting room i did a good amount of stuff even in the brewery area and mm. that's you the know, best you can do that's the best that you can offer yeah. yourself is to do whatever you can to get it done and then rely on yeah the others and you can pray for somebody who doesn't have work yeah who really is eager to do it but if they have work then you're going to yeah. be one I am so unbelievably ha- thankful for everybody that wanted everybody that came over and volunteered their time to help clean up and do little things here and there to help me out. And thanks, it, Bob. Yeah, Bob. I mean, <laughs> I've got a list of names. I'm gonna. I'm, I still have to send out an email and a thank did, you to didn't everybody. Keith basically lived there for a Keith while. Keith did live there for a good while. I think he had a cot at one point at the brewery because he was afraid of going home and getting murdered by his wife. <laughs> <laughs> 
Keith, I hope you're listening to this because thank you. Um, yeah, he's got free beer for life. Just remember, <laughs> you gotta put gypsum in the water, okay? <laughs> no, don't thank take you to that. everybody who's done. Don't take that negative. Keith. No, no. no, thank you to everybody who's done any, even a small little bit at the brewery. It's all been unbelievably helpful. Um, and you know, finally, we're gonna be open. I mean, June. 11th saturday june 11th now um that's two weeks yeah two weeks and two days are you um what the fuck <laughs> i'm driving my producer crazy yeah um are you is that time enough to train yes the tasting room side of stuff this week i'm writing up all my little kind of training things on Saturday I'm going all the people that'll be working in the tasting room will be trained through on Sat this coming Saturday for the next coming Saturday what and about what about the VIP dinner are you having that yeah we'll we'll be good on all that it'll what are you be doing that? stop hitting the rubber band <laughs> when are you doing that Thursday he's gonna do And I might as well announce I'm, it now. I, I, feel, I feel staring going through my head because I'm doing this. And I might, so, I might so as well talk about, I, no, the, I'll, talk about the hiring process. What I mean, was I'll, that, I'll what even announce it the fact we're doing a soft and opening on Friday. So, you know, people, if people are listening to this, and there you go. You got a fancy little invitation for an extra little So, a half Viagra Friday. Friday and a full Viagra Saturday and mm -hmm. Sunday. So, talk about the hiring process. What were the positions you had to fill, and, and what was that like? So, our biggest one was our salesperson. Um, because my dad's my operations manager, I'm the brewer, we needed a salesperson and a delivery person. We still haven't found a delivery person yet. So if anybody's listening here and feels like picking up kegs for a little little money an hour, please come on over as long as you have a decent driving record and talk to me. Uh, <laughs> you have to be 21 and older? Uh, I don't think you have to be to deliver a beer. Um, no, you just have to have a decent driving record. Requirements on my side. <laughs> And be able to lift stuff without slipping a disc. <laughs> um, which is nice. Yeah, which is very nice. Uh, but our salesperson was one of our key positions. Uh, and I'm very thankful to say that we have filled the position. Um, Mark, he was uh, the beer manager, bar manager at Salt, um, has taken the position for the brewery. He will be running our sales department and uh has he sold anything yet not yet because he is still within his time period that he's giving salt to come over and to work with us when does that end pretty much right when the brewery opens right about june that that weekend or so is right about that last that time but that's fine because i still don't have the ability to sell beer outside of the brewery <laughs> So, because of all the paperwork from the state. Um, so, once the beer's all finished up, I'll start packaging some samplers, and uh, Mark can come over and start selling some stuff outside of the area. But my whole goal is local to begin with, so within a 10-mile radius, and that stuff's going to sell easy for the first month. So, more than likely, he's going to be pushing beyond the local area and just calling local people saying, hey, what do you want to take, and then starting to push samplers outside of the area to get for the next few months civic so, so what other positions so so what's it like trying to staff a 
the tasting room, room the tasting room is difficult because for the most part it's part timers and part time positions are difficult to staff when you're looking for responsible people you don't want just a person in there that's going to be like oh yeah whatever this is a party time because i'm serving beer to people who are drinking beer so i could drink behind the counter you want people who understand that you know there's at least from my side there's information on all this beer that these people want to know so you have to know the beer inside and out and i'm going to teach you all this stuff but you got to know the beer inside and out you got to be able to handle crowds. You got to be able to, if there's any issues with a drunk person, you got to be able to pass it on to the right person or handle it yourself. Um, so we've we've picked a few people so far that'll be working in the tasting room, and we got a few other part timers that we're talking with. Um, but it's it's going to kind of be you know almost like a first first come first serve kind of scheduling sort of thing. If if you can take more days, then you've got higher priority on what days you want. And and how many days a week are you going to be open? Thursday through Sunday. So Thursday, 3 to 9, Friday, 3 to 10, Saturday, noon to 10, and Sunday. For the grand opening, it's noon to 6, but I think it's going to be noon to 5 for the most part on Sundays going forward. Uh, but yeah, June 11th for the opening, June 12th, June 11th, June 12th for the grand opening. Fridays are soft opening, Thursdays, investors only sort of thing. Um, and then beyond that, just Thursdays through Sundays going forward year rounds and seasonals will be the regular stuff you can grab in growlers and uh specialty stuff off the pilot system which is one keg size only available in the tasting room and pints through samplers no growlers already got three of those done probably have another three or four ready before the opening and i'll just keep on pushing through with those and growlers can be purchased on prem yeah we'll have glass growlers purchasable on I, somebody walking outside with a ladder on there christ almighty yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so we'll have glass growlers available on premise, 64, 32 ounce. Uh, we'll fill... What? Is that Japanese Zigmeister? <laughs> what are you looking up? That's German Zigmeister. That's, Zig that's German? And she sounds like, oh, Zigmeister! <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Zigmeister. Yeah, I'm sure about it specifically. The tasting, the Growlers, 3264, oh, and, yeah, uh, and a beer garden. Yeah, to, to start with, we're going to do the 64 and 32-ounce glass Growlers. We'll fill whatever size Growler, even the 1-liter, 2-liter sized. Um, our big thing is going to be if it has a brewery name and a government label. So if you come in with a blank Growler and we'll still fill it, we'll just throw a sticker on there. So don't feel bad if I throw a sticker on your Growler. Um, suck it up. It's got to be clean, though. Um, please bring a clean growler, because otherwise I won't fill it, and then you'll feel bad because you're like, oh, I got, whatever, you got to buy another one. Um, yeah, we'll also have a beer garden outside, uh, which isn't just a garden for beer ingredients, but a place that you can go outside and drink in. Uh, we got licensed in by the state and the federal, and the town's okay with it, so we can put picnic tables outside within our licensed area, which is a 25-by-50-foot space about... Um, right outside the brewery or within our parking lot um, with a bunch of picnic tables you can go sit out there and enjoy during a nice sunny day or a shitty rainy day if you really feel like sitting out there and drinking away your sorrows I don't know what type of person you are if you want to go outside like and drink doing that. That's fun. <laughs> if you want to go outside and drink at any point during the time please let us know and you can walk outside and drink <laughs> Matt's drinking right now yep and I'm inside <laughs> 
That still sounds Japanese. That's, that's Danish. <laughs> sounded like Shagmeister. <laughs> Zigmeister with the shag. Hey, baby. <laughs> it's not my bag, baby. You want you want Japanese? I'll get you Japanese. <laughs> you got a Zigmeister? I don't want it. It just sounds that way. You want Japanese. I think I'm going Japanese. I think I'm going Japanese. I, I really think, think so. so. <laughs> that oh. really sounded Japanese. She like forced it out there. Zigamaisen. <laughs> Zigamaisen. <laughs> wait, wait. Go rock on your uh, new uh, brewery. Zigamaisen. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like she's going to kill me. Is there a picture nah, with that? Yeah, that's good. Zigamaisen. Zigamaisen. <laughs> I don't even know that was. So. Can, can you type in Warren Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, I appreciate you coming here today. Every day. Oh, well, every Almost. time. You know, Whenever I'm not, like, dead tired. Disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. No, disgusting about your brewery. Disgusting. <laughs> um, giving us some insight as to what it takes to open a brewery. Yeah. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best of luck, brother. Thank you. I think you'll do well. I think... Uh, We've pretty much planted the seed pretty uh, pretty well in this town. Anyway, yeah, in my customer base, every time I think so. <laughs> everyone who comes in here continually asks, "When are you opening?" So yeah, we got a date. Now you got a date. Two years ago. <sighs> yeah. Long time coming. Yep. Long time coming. It's all That's good. Right. I remember my first Eric, batch of beer here. Thank you for coming tonight. <laughs> Anytime. Thanks cheers. For the beer. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, cheers. to Zvich. Zivik. Zivik. <laughs> and cheers, Carl. Matt. Thanks for putting up with my mess. I will talk to you guys soon. And, uh, until Thanks next for putting time. up with Warren's snapping of the rubber band against the desk. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my rubber band. <laughs> it's on your hand. You it's own it. It's a Coney you Island whitefish. Put that rubber band against your penis and slap it like that, would you? It wasn't my rubber band. It was my sweaty balls. <laughs> It was a Coney oh, see, Island whitefish. <laughs> Coney Island whitefish. We are. That's, that's, <laughs> we are. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> what the fuck? What up, man? We don't have a really good ending to this show ever. It's like, what the fuck? Hey, trail off. Trail off. Uh, good night. Done. 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 Coney Island. Wait, wait, I got it. I got it. Got it. Cut. And <laughs> out. When someone just yells, end. The end. It's like, guess. The guess. end. Wait, are we done? End. <laughs> Cut.
The uh, other day I was talking to my dog and he had bad gas. I like <laughs> I like your sweaty balls. What? Thank you. Your sweaty balls are very I've been working very hard on my sweaty balls. Yes. I'm like, glad there's I like there's... the way they glow. <laughs> They're nice and, and hard. <clears throat> they they taste Thank the, you. The, the, you're welcome. They're not too salty. My pleasure. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>